0: to the real appeal podcast this is kelsey Loisel. i am hosting this week no one cares about mark i always say that but you know what actually
1: i care about mark do you yeah
0: is he like a third person person to you
1: yes mark you care about mark right yes i do care about mark that's great mark how you (laughs) feeling today mark great mark all right cool mark talk to you later mark bye mark i'm recording mark all right bye mark (laughs) (laughs)
0: i'm just kidding okay um we have an awesome episode for you guys this week um we are doing dolomite
1: yeah for the geriatric cinematic we're doing dolomite right
0: yeah we're doing dolomite i'm sorry to me they're both dolomite (laughs) um first let me let me give you our social media stuff we've got uh our Facebook page at The Real Appeal, Twitter at Appeal Real, Instagram, The Real Appeal. Um, and you can email us at TheRealAppeal at gmail.com, give of us, course. Give us those Real, follows. Real is spelled with two E's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go ahead and review us on iTunes. Mm. And, um, you know, Mark just told me I'm talking too close to the mic
1: yeah you're like a sonic boom (laughs) (laughs) okay uh what do we got what do we got uh for today's folks
0: okay so we have for our recent review netflix's dolomite is my name and for the geriatric cinematic we have dolomite
1: you want to tell uh the audience what's the special with the special segment we got that we're going to start start up this week
0: I don't remember. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's Watchmen. We're going to talk about Watchmen. Um, I haven't been this excited about a show since Euphoria.
1: Yeah, the segment we got is going to be called We Watch the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I know, so clever. I think so. I feel like somebody might have come up with that name.
0: I mean, they had to have because it exists.
1: Yeah. I know there's Who Watches the Watchman. That's a normal thing on the in the comic book. But this is a segment we call We Watch the Watchmen. So.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. silence okay (laughs) all right um you know we usually start off with the news Mm -hmm. so um we're gonna go ahead and i'm gonna let mark take it away because we are gonna talk about um star wars the trailer
1: yes uh what happened was real i mean it the finally the final trailer for uh star wars the rise of skywalker or rise of i think it's called the rise of skywalker sorry the rise of skywalker uh dropped last week i think it was on a friday or something like that man i cry every fucking time these trailers come out
0: (laughs) you know i don't and here's the thing
1: yeah because you don't like uh you don't enjoy life you know
0: well i don't but i enjoy these movies um I have to tell you that the first one that came out and you were so fucking gung-ho about it and I'm like, okay, it looks cool. It looks epic. I don't understand what you're so fucking emotional about, but I like it because I think it's cute when you get all like, oh my God, I love this film, blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, so I'm like, cool. Like I get entertained twice. Mm -hmm. And then we saw this one and it's so different than the first one
1: yeah force awakens and the last no
0: no, 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 no. i'm talking about the, last the trailer show. oh the okay last trailer that dropped for this oh okay gotcha yeah um it just feel like it's so different than that one mm-hmm. uh the first one was
1: i see more like more
0: doomsday uh, yeah
1: do very dour very like this is the end you
0: yeah know? and this one is all about family and hope and friends <sighs> and
1: that's what got me that's what,
0: that's yeah, and so I felt a little more connected to this than I did mm. the other one. Um, so now I'm like, okay, like, now, like, I was excited before, but because I'm not, like, I didn't grow up with it, so I don't have that nostalgic, like, feel for it. Yeah. Um. Now I feel more connected to it. Now I'm really starting to feel like, oh, wait, I can't wait for this movie.
1: Yeah, it was like... I remember when I when I showed up and I was like, we gotta watch this trailer, and you saw you were looking at me and I was like, that shit looks great, huh? And you're like, yeah. And then I said something like, yeah, you notice I didn't cry. And then you said, you looks like you're gonna cry. I'm like, cause I already did like three times before I, before I came <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I get I get really I'm I'm not afraid of it. I get really emotional with these Star Wars movies, especially like the way how I know these these movies like Force Awakens and The Last Jedi are getting a lot of flack from like. Suppose I'm gonna do air quotes. Star Wars fans who are the worst, and it's you know Freddie Prince Jr. did this really great rant about why Star Wars is so different now and why people are so angry about it. The actor Freddie Prince Jr. and it was really great. I got to show you this video, Kelsey. It's a really great video. I'll, I'll link it into the show notes, but um, he really goes off about why this star wars is why you're pissed off why old fans are so pissed off at these star wars movies and why it's so different now i and i and i fully see what he's saying because i used to really hate the prequels and i've learned to actually appreciate the prequels and understand okay that's not for me because i didn't grow up with that shit Mm -hmm. and kids there there are people younger than me who are like or younger than us are like I love the prequels the prequels are better they're the best you know
0: yeah because they grew up with that the other stuff is too old and that stuff even though it didn't make sense for the you know the original ones that came Mm -hmm. out yeah that's the style that they're used to it's like a style thing too it's not just content
1: yeah absolutely and um so yeah this one i mean (laughs) i Like I said, I was teary-eyed. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is, like, really the end of, like, the whole legacy, of the whole, this whole saga. And then, like, the ending part uh, where Luke comes out. You hear Luke say, you know, the Force will be be with you. And you hear uh, General Oregon or Carrie Fisher saying always. I was just like, oh, man. And it's fucked up because, you know, spoilers, spoilers. Like, Luke dies. Han dies. But Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford are still alive. Carrie Fisher's dead, and her character's still alive. It's kind of fucked up how That's that works. Weird, yeah. Yeah, and we'll never like see them all together, like yeah, and share a scene, which kind of breaks my heart. So, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, Kelsey, and I we kind of have a plan. We're working out now to kind of celebrate, uh, to celebrate what's going to happen with uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Um, we're still working out the kinks and everything, but hopefully, we'll kind of get something and we can announce it soon.
0: Yes um i'm actually really looking forward to that mm-hmm. um sam raimi mm-hmm. is directing a new horror film
1: yes uh, mr
0: spider-man fuck up himself <laughs> damn
1: <laughs> i gotta show you like sam raimi's actually good.
0: yeah good i know because you, you said that he's really good at horror and that's like his thing yeah. so um Let's see. He's behind The Evil Dead, which I haven't seen. Drag Me to Hell, which I haven't seen. Great, great, and great. Emo Peter Parker.
1: Yeah, it's Spider Man three. Peter Parker becomes emo, so there's this oh. running gag where he's emo Peter Parker.
0: <laughs> um it's an untitled horror thriller. Um, and there people are describing it as misery meets castaway. I don't know what misery is.
1: Uh the Stephen King novel with Kathy Bates and James Conn, where James Conn plays a writer.
0: Oh, and she like she like kidnaps him or some shit no he
1: gets he gets in an accident and she like takes care of him but she's like obsessed with his work and she essentially like keeps him trapped in there in that house it's a it's a
0: great film yeah
1: great 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 film
0: um so he's gonna direct the film based on a script by mark swift or it's reported i mean Mm -hmm. we don't know how true it is yeah um but it's based on a script by Mark Swift and Damian Shannon, who have worked on *Freddie vs. Jason, um, Friday the 13th Reboot, and Baywatch. Baywatch,
1: okay. <laughs> uh, I've seen the Freddy vs. Jason movie. I liked it when I was young and stupid. I haven't checked it out now, so I don't know how it is, how it holds up.
0: I've never really liked those
1: those horror movies, like the Friday Thirteenth movies.
0: They're so they're like Scream to me or a mm. scary movie. Like they're just
1: that's where they got that. That's where it originated. Like, uh, like those slasher films. Uh, slash, yeah, but there's flicks.
0: like there's slasher, and then there's so stupid nobody can actually like it. Uh, that I
1: here's the thing: the Freddy, the, the I'm sorry, the Jason franchise, like. It, You'll find you find something to enjoy out of them. They get more and more ridiculous, like Jason invades New York and stuff, all this stuff. And there's like um, there's a Jason goes to hell, which is a really good, really graphic, totally Mm -hmm. 90s graphic. Um, And then the the impeccable beauty that is trash of Jason X, Mm -hmm. where he literally picks up. He stuffs a whore in a sleeping bag and uses the body of that whore to beat the body of another whore. It's ridiculous.
2: Okay. It's great.
1: It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's interesting. um is Castaway. If I mean, if Sam Raimi's coming back to the to the horror genre, he's going to knock it out of the park. That dude's so great at doing ho- ho- uh, horror. Horror. I keep saying horror. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's he's great at doing horrors. Yeah. yeah.
1: Who isn't great at doing horrors? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Columbia Pictures, who also produced his spider-man fuck up
1: movies
0: (laughs) (laughs) is uh, backing the new horror thriller (laughs) okay shit
1: (laughs) uh you know
0: because i love you you love me oh
1: my god so you know everybody's asking for this i don't know why it took so long but they're making a barney movie (laughs) barney movies in the fucking works uh, via Mattel. Uh, the weirdest thing is, um, Get Out's Dan Kuhle's production company is going to uh, push this sucker through. Um, when Qu- when asked Klu- what the fuck is he thinking? <laughs> Here's what he had to say: Barney has a uh, ubiquitous figure. Was a ubiquitous figure in many of our childhoods. Uh, then he, that's a guy on the motorcycle. Then he disappeared into the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Left misunderstood. So mysterious. What, ha- Leo, what happened to Barney, man? Yeah,
0: we all wanted to know. We weren't singing songs about killing him or anything.
1: Yeah. Uh, he continues, we're excited to explore this compelling modern hero and see if this if his message of... I Oh, wow. He only said this. His message of, I love you, you love me, can stand the test of time. What the fuck?
0: Was he high when he wrote? I don't... When he's thinking about this?
1: I don't know. I mean... I I don't know. Um,
0: I mean, I know we've actually really wondered about Mr. Rogers and if that could.
1: If that could be any good, a movie about Mr. Rogers?
0: Not just a movie about him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not just a movie about him, but like, just could a person like him have the same kind of pull that he did back uh, okay. then if he was here now? Yeah. How, what kind of effect would he have on people and would it change people? For the better. I
1: got you. Yeah. Here's, here, I mean, because, like, I, you know, I'm sure you listeners out there grew up watching Mr. Rogers. If not, I'm sure you guys can understand why Mr. Rogers is still talked about to this day. He, I got a sense that he, even when I was young, even when I was, when I was a child, I always got a sense that he was talking to me and, like, my mother. You know, like, he, he wouldn't talk to you, like, if you're a baby or if you're stupid. He talked to you, like, at your level. Like, you can picture him kneeling down to you and just being like, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of soft thing. To me, Barney was just like, oh, there are kids, blah, blah, You know, it's... It's uh, just a
0: kid's show. Like, it's not... Yeah. And
1: then you you told me something else about that I didn't know. Um,
0: I, it who, blew my was, who was on the show? A few months ago, I found out. I was like, oh, man, Selena Gomez was in the show.
1: I, t- I didn't know that.
0: And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember her. She was kind of cool, but... I th- kind of found her squeaky and annoying. Mm-hmm. And then, as I was looking up, you know, looking her up and realizing, it, and then I saw Demi Lovato was in the same fucking show with her.
1: Watch it! You know how like there's like that Mickey Mouse Club, like Britney Spears, Ryan yeah. Gosling. Watch it! Going to be like the Barney Club. All these actors <laughs> coming up from like Barney shows and I shit. I had a bit
0: of a crush on that character.
1: Who? Uh, Selena Gomez's no, character?
0: No, De- uh, Demi Lovato.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. Her character looked pretty dorky, right? Yeah yeah
0: well it's funny because she looked dorky but Mm -hmm. at the same time like for me she's just so smart like she was really smart and she wasn't awkward in her dorkiness like Mm -hmm. she was like just like she was comfortable with herself so i was like all like oh i really like that she was like my favorite one
1: gotcha um i that's that just ain't my thing and if my daughter's like hey can we go watch his dad i'll be like no have your have your uncle take you (laughs) uh what else we got no no
0: you need to talk about this one because he's your you know your boyfriend that he doesn't even know he's dating you
1: are you sure are you sure you you want me to cover this yeah my boo I know you're listening Edgar Wright um teased his latest film last night in Soho um it's being reported that the horror the horror I I can't say horror movie there you go is a it has a mysterious time travel twist to it. Um, Edgar Wright announced this movie back in September. the The, the movie's shrouded in mystery. Nobody knows what's about.
0: Isn't it like done or close to being done?
1: Yeah, I believe he he actually got done with production. Um, the only thing everybody knows is that it's a it's a a London setting. Set, sorry, it's set in London, and uh, there has been a cast is confirmed. Um. Who is it? Uh Anya Taylor Joy is in it, The Crown and Doctor Who, veteran Matt Smith is in it. And uh Leave No Trace, uh breakout. Uh Thomas and McKenzie, that's the one from um Jojo Rabbit, the one we were speaking highly about, the, the Jewish girl in the attic. Mm-hmm. Uh I I didn't know I honestly didn't know Matt Smith or Thomas and McKenzie was gonna be in the movie. Um
0: No, but just because of Matt Smith. And yeah. now Thomas and McKenzie, because I don't she doesn't have a recognizable name for me yet, but mm matt smith for sure i love him
1: yeah you know that's kind of funny i was um i was i saw like this little clip on facebook of matt Smith, the doctor and it was like all the you know these clips of him and all this kind of stuff and i I thought about it i was like you know what he was a good doctor like i really did like him as a doctor yeah he was
0: good because he was all the fun that you you wanted him to be yeah and then it hit you because of that it hit you harder when there was a beat where he was hurt or you know like emotionally or things took a turn
1: yeah yeah um yeah and i even got i've got a bit sad when uh, his doctor left i was like oh man i really <laughs> like that guy
0: i like how he showed up with the fucking yogurt i think it was yogurt and an apple he kept wanting to eat
1: the first episode yeah oh no it was fish fish finger and custard yeah that was that was his, his get up Finger and yeah, but one thing I have, we're going to kind of side track because I want to talk about, a little bit about Doctor Who. <laughs> um, I always like how uh, these Doctor Who uh, actors and these characters, the Doctor Who character, as the actor slowly progresses in the series, mm-hmm. like each season, his outfit changes. And there's oh. like a different var- variation of outfits, which I always like, like how David Tennant had like the brown coat and the brown suit, and then he went to like the blue suit with like a red t-shirt and everything. Yeah. How Matt Smith's outfit was very hipsterish, but then it looked very like almost steampunk yeah that was pretty cool the only person i'm sad that never really got to that him and um was christopher ecclestein because he was only on one season
0: yeah
1: and uh paul mcgann who only did one who did the tv movie and they never got to like really evolve their doctor yeah um as you i mean you guys can tell i'm a huge doctor who fan <laughs>
0: Yeah, so much so that it distracted you from talking about but your boyfriend. Edgar Wright, I know, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, should just do, we should just do a podcast where we talk about Edgar Wright and Doctor Who. Yeah. And that's it.
0: <laughs> and yeah. Edgar Wright, you know, in Doctor Who. Check this out.
1: Check this out. I got to ask Edgar Wright. A, oh, my God. Edgar Wright just keeps coming in my life. I got to tweet him a question. That he, he was like, it was an ask me anything kind of session on Twitter. And I asked him a question if, would he ever direct a Doctor Who episode? And he said, I've, I've been offered to direct the first episode of Doctor Who with Christopher Eccleston, which was called Rose. And I was like, whoa, blew my fucking mind. Also.
0: Why didn't he do it? Did he say? I
1: think he was doing Hot Fuzz at the time or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Also, there have been multiple people from his movies on Doctor Who, Simon Pegg. Nick Frost, Jessica Hines, and a couple other characters from space. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of Doctor Who Edgar Wright connected. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. Let's <laughs> talk about we got to talk, we got to stop about. It. We got to do a show. We got to do a show. Woo! All right. So, yeah. Uh, Last night in Soho. Oh, my God. I can't wait for this movie to come out. You guys should be excited too. Just as excited as I am because Edgar Wright has proved himself over and over again, especially after Baby Driver.
0: Here's what I like. He said, um, there's something I have in common with the lead character and that I'm afflicted with nostalgia for a decade I didn't live in. That mm. reminds me of you.
1: What, to live in the 60s or something? Or, oh, yeah. just being stuck with like a certain decade?
0: Yeah. Like you're, I think. What is my decade? I think the 70s. Probably the like 70s. the early seventies.
1: Maybe like the sixties and seventies, especially like the, the world of cinema during the seventies. Oh, that was some good
0: shit. Some yeah. Great stuff came out of the seventies. And 70s. the music that came out in the seventies. Oh
1: yes, absolutely. You know. And
0: and the architecture and the style well, of, you know, how people decorate. Well, oh that
1: was that's more like that's more like fifties and sixties uh decor. Like no fifties
0: is not, no, not fifties. You talking about
1: contemporary? Uh, contemporary, yeah, but they stuff? were
0: still doing it in the 60s and 70s,
1: yeah, you're right. 50s was kind of more traditional, mm-hmm. kind of.
0: Um, so he continued on. Um, you think about 60s London and what would that be like? And the reality of the decade is maybe not what she imagines. And he's talking about the lead character, mm-hmm. um, it has an element of be careful what you wish for.
1: Oh man, that is so cryptic! Like,
0: what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> God, I can't
1: wait for this fucking movie.
0: Yeah. Ooh. I
1: wonder what we can do compared to that. Anyway, all right. Sorry. I'm already, I'm already thinking of like an episode like a year in the future or some shit.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, now we're going to do um, our recent review, Dolomite Is My Name.
1: Hey, you know, Auntie, I was thinking about putting out a comedy record.
0: Comedy You've been a singer,
1: a shake dancer. Ah, it's real hard to break in. I do whatever it takes to get in. I come up with a new character. Dolomite is my name and fucking up, motherfuckers, is my game. Oh, he's What'd you do to your hair? You look like a pimp. It's all pretend. I just created a character. Dolomite, you <laughs> true a Pull on that.
0: Oh, oh that's sweet. a wee. That's right. All right. That was... Netflix's new movie that just came out on Friday. Um, the director is Craig Brewer. You know what? I never watched Black Snake Moan.
1: The Samuel Jackson film with Christina Ricci? Yeah. That's a good film.
0: I wanted to watch it, but I was like probably too young. Mm. Um, he did Hustle and Flow, too. Um, writers Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski. Mm-hmm. Uh, the People versus Larry Flint. Ed Wood. Yeah, Ed Wood. Did I watch that, or did you talk to me about that? I've talked to
1: you about that movie a bunch of times. Ed Wood, the, considered the worst director of all time. That's the Tim Burton film.
0: Oh, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Murphy plays Rudy. Uh, we've got Kegel. Kegel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eddie
1: Murphy plays, plays uh, Rudy Ray Moore, the man who will be known as Dolomite.
0: Yes. Keegan-Michael Key. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's like, pick... Keegan or pick Michael,
2: mm.
0: and then you know so people don't Keegan both look key.
2: Okay, let's, let's, let's get let
0: this. Okay, he plays, he's in there too. Okay, Wesley Snipes, <laughs> <laughs> which I can't wait to get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Robinson, Chris Rock, Snoop Dogg, you know, all these awesome people.
1: Mm. Did you uh, did you I I don't know if you noticed craig brewer what he wrote i put down in there what you he put wrote. it down where i'm the director craig brewer do you see what i put down what he wrote
0: you have um, a, you oh have a, oh yeah <laughs> i saw oh the legend of tarzan yeah no i saw that you know what i purposefully skipped over that shit
1: <laughs> i put that in i was like oh, kelsey notices because she fucking hates that movie <laughs> uh what so what's um What's, what's the synopsis for uh, dolomite is my name
0: uh Eddie murphy portrays real life legend rudy ray moore a comedy and rap pioneer who proved naysayers wrong when his hilarious obscene kung fu fighting alter ego dolomite becomes the 1970s black exploitation phenomenon
1: dolomite is my name yeah so let's let's go um want so do you want so to do, do spoilers on this do you want to just use the one to talk about it without going to the spoiler section or just want to say that to the side
0: um are we gonna like so here's the thing about this so I don't know that almost anything we talk about is gonna be spoilers well in this case because I, there's so much to talk about that we don't actually have to say anything really really specific except like this one weird thing mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the plot okay or how he acts.
1: Okay. Um let's just let's just go ahead and just let everybody know we're we're gonna talk about spoils because it's kinda it's kinda hard to really talk about it without even really talking about it. Um, so if you guys don't wanna be spoiled by about or spoiled by history, um you can skip over this section. I don't know, we'll probably talk about it for the next like twenty, twenty five minutes or something like that.
0: You know, or we'll give you the time and then you'll know and you don't have to try to time it like, oh it's twenty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so would you, so Kelsey, I mean, you've never really gotten into the world of black, expo- black exploitation films. I've grown up watching that. What did you think of this, of Dolomite's is my name?
0: Uh, I, you know what? I caught you laughing at parts that I had no idea what the fuck was you were laughing at. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I thought it was okay.
1: Really? I thought you were laughing pretty hard, too. I, I was, was laughing at it.
0: the ridiculous shit, but uh, I wasn't okay. like i wouldn't say it was a good movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: um i wouldn't say i'd watch it again
1: really okay
0: yeah it, it was it's just some loud guy just going around being fucking loud then mm-hmm. ta-da it's a movie uh
1: i don't agree with it i would actually re-watch this movie i thought it was so good really i enjoyed the fuck out especially the acting i really enjoyed that acting from uh, especially from Eddie Murphy and from Wesley Snipes' character. Yeah, <laughs> I like how you're just like yeah. Okay.
0: Look, Eddie Murphy to me is like a guy who he I don't feel like he can switch up his acting that well. And I haven't seen him in anything that wasn't kid friendly.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you saw him in uh, what was uh, Forty Eight Hours?
0: Yeah. That was barely like, and he was young mm-hmm. and he was cooler in that one. And this, it's like I hear Chris Rock every time he talks. Like he's got like this young, whiny sounding voice. Mm-hmm. And it just takes me out of the character. I
1: think that, I think because that's what the character was like. Rand- Randy Moore was. I mean, yeah, Randy Ray Moore was pretty wild like that, so I think that's why he was really trying to yeah, embody that character.
0: Randy Ray Moore also had a real man's voice; he didn't have like that is true. Didn't sound like he breathed in helium before he was acting his fucking parts.
1: Yeah, but that's Eddie Murphy's voice. I mean, you can't really you can't really knock him knock knock um, knock down points because that's just how his voice is.
0: It just okay. I feel like. Rudy Ray Moore in the in his role, without giving too much away, because we have a section for that already, is like a bigger dude.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's just it's like they stuck a little fucking twig into his fucking role, like okay, like okay, cool. Eddie Murphy's funny and he's a black guy, sure he could play him.
1: I thought he played him well. I think he, I mean, given that his he wasn't matching maybe the same size as Rudy Mor, I think he he kind of looked like him too. It's like his eyes were I
0: don't think he looked like him. I don't think he sounded like him. I don't think he had the same physique. Mm. I don't think that he embodied him at all. I didn't feel the same kind of energy from him. It was mm-hmm. like a different energy. Yeah. Like, everything was different. They just, like, stuck a random black guy in there because everyone knows who he is.
1: Yeah. And, like, I mean, you people who listening who were just like, what does Kelsey know about Rudy Ray Moore? We did watch Dolomite before watching Dolomite Is My Name so she can kind of have a reference to compare the the two actors. So she's kind of got an idea of what well she has an idea what she's talking about. So I just kinda want to throw that out there before people are like
0: I also do recommend that you watch Dolomite before you watch Dolomite is my name. Yeah, I and I'm so glad we did that, but I'm sad that we didn't actually find the full version because we found one that was edited all weird.
1: Yeah we'll we'll get into that in the geriatric part.
0: Um but yeah so um that's kind of my gripe with it. Well, I like
1: just how Eddie Murphy was.
0: Just Eddie Murphy. He mm-hmm. he didn't fit, so it took me away. It took me away from the film.
1: Okay, so besides from your gripe with Eddie Murphy, what did you think about the the rest of the film? Like everybody else.
0: Um, what's her face?
1: Um.
0: Uh, Divine Joy Randolph.
1: Yeah, she plays. Uh, she
0: is so goddamn beautiful.
1: Yeah, she plays Lady Reed. Yeah, she was amazing. I. I, I actually want to see a movie based off of her and see what she did after Dolomite like her or what led up to I I, I really want to get into follow that character more too I don't know if it's because how she portrayed the character how uh, Divine did but that girl was amazing in it
0: she was great um, and I, I know I've seen her in other things and she can play serious and she can also be funny I know she's a comedian mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Wesley Snipes character I feel like <laughs>
1: his character was great, but go on, please. <laughs> fucking loved his character.
0: I was doing my laundry and my alarm went off. Uh-huh. So we stopped the movie, and I was like, He's so fucking weird. hmm And you're like, who, Wesley Snipes? And I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like walking towards the door and I'm like, You're gonna kill me. And Mark's like, why? And I'm like, I didn't know that was Wesley
1: Snipes. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, she didn't know that that was Wesley Snipes. Okay, the girl, um, uh, Divine Joey Randolph, she was in This Is Us. That's why you might have seen her. As who? Uh, Tanya. I don't know. I, you're, you're more familiar with that show than I am.
0: It's probably in a later season.
1: No, she's in the pilot.
0: She's in the pilot?
1: Yeah, she's in the pilot in a few episodes in 2016. So I don't. Like I said, you're more familiar with that show than mm. I am, so.
0: Um, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I felt like all the other people were good. Mm. By the way, Wesley Snipes, the way he was playing his character, I swear to God he would be a great Jack Sparrow. Mm, no. Why not? No. That was weird. Jack Sparrow, that's... Jack
1: Sparrow is is it's Keith Richards. Like Johnny Depp said, Jack Sparrow was based off of Keith Richards. Wesley Snipes, I think he just did that character, uh, uh, Derville Martin. I don't know about that guy's like how he was in real life or anything like that. So, but like, I I really like how Wesley Snipes did something differently, something different. The only time he's ever actually really done anything different with his acting, other than being like a tough guy or like trying to be funny or whatever. Is um, Tu Wong Fu, where he played the drag queen, um, but seeing him in this movie, I was just like, "Damn, damn like, what's his Like, you can tell he was having fun while doing the role, and he was like, "Let me change it up a bit."
0: And he can act. Yeah, like, like just, you forget like, yeah. that he can fucking act. Yeah, he because... can look like, legit act. That's because
1: yeah. we we mainly see him in action films.
0: Plus, he gets made fun of so goddamn much.
1: <laughs> yeah, because fucking uh, his whole tax problems and shit like that,
0: and his not wanting to fucking open his eyes and shit. <laughs> he got an ego
1: on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think about the guy who played Theodore Tony Titus Bergers? He was the he was the other guy. He was
0: a really a big guy, right?
1: No, that's Craig Robinson, the other guy, the one who was handling the money.
0: Uh, what guy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, there was Mike Epps. There was Mike Epps, the one. There was Mike Epps, who was the comedian. Uh huh. And then there was Craig Robinson, who was supposed to be the singer. Uh, and then there was, uh, what's his Oh, name?
0: I remember. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. you would say, like, oh, look, he's transitioning.
0: He was a very fluid character mm-hmm. because I thought he was because he became more and more feminine and then he would go back to a little more masculine. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, he's not transitioning. He's just being whoever the fuck he wants to be on any given day. Mm hmm. Which was really cool, but he was—he's kind of weird, isn't he? In like Parks and Rec or something?
1: No, no, he's in—he's in, he's in uh, some—he's in the the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He plays a drag queen in that uh, TV show. He's really—he's known for being gay and feminine and stuff like that. I think he took some of how he—he he is how his character is in Kimmy Schmidt and kind of put it in that role, but didn't make it too feminine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I like the fact that like they don't make because f- there are scenes where he he kind of comes off kind of gay. But they don't really, like, make fun of it. They don't, like, take their time to poke at it or anything like
0: well, that. Well, no, because then uh, some of the other characters, too, were, like, like that. Like who? Um, I know there was some, well, fucking Wesley Snipes, for one. He came off as somebody who was drunk all
1: the time. And high.
0: <laughs> and gay. Maybe. We don't know. Like, closet, or at least a Freddie Mercury type.
1: Yeah, probably. Where
0: he's, like, he likes men and women.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did you think of Kegel Michael Key as, as Jerry Jones? I didn't even think he was Jerry Jones until you pointed out, because I was just like, oh, that's funny who he is. And you're like, that's the guy from Dolomite. I'm like, oh, I see. Yeah. Totally see it.
0: I don't know. I could see that right away, and I thought that was cool. I thought it was a perfect role for him, but at the same time, he does this thing with his eyes where they're always like, like crazy,
1: mm-hmm. like they always darting left and right or something like that, or N- all over the place.
0: No, it's like one eye is always bigger than the other, and they're yeah. round, and and then like his hair was so fucking fake.
1: Yeah, that fro. Yeah.
0: in a world where everyone's hair is fake, he sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Even like even um, Eddie Murphy's uh, wig that he would put on looked more authentic than what um Keiko Michael Key's wig looked like. Even that mustache looked really fake.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It looked like they really fucking just glued that shit on.
1: Yeah, for real. Um I did like the story. I I I did like the progression of the story Mm -hmm. and how they how they displayed how uh how Ray Moore was very I'm sorry, Rudy Moore was very um which word I used last last night? He's very resourceful.
2: Yeah,
1: he's a, like he's able to. Hu- that, that's a, that's one thing I really like about this movie. They show him hustling, like hustling to like to do comedy, hustling to make those records, to sell the records, to get the deal, to do the records, everything like that. I really like how they really showed how much he he was able to put the movie together with his own money, and how people were just like. This you you're not you can't do this. You, it's not gonna be be done.
0: I honestly thought it was gonna go a different way. How so? Because he had he like tried to become friends with the homeless guy, mm-hmm. which is basically where he took.
1: Yeah, the Dolomite character. Yeah, from. he took
0: the Dolomite character from this guy, and like he recorded him and like all of his friends, and they were all talking about all kinds of shit, and then that's where I thought it was gonna be like. This guy caused problems for him, too, because he was upset that he took it or something. Or yeah, or like, he kept going back and stealing more shit from them.
1: Yeah, like it was going to come back and bite him in the ass or something
0: like yeah, that. Yeah, and it never did.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I honestly thought they were going to go that route as well. I'm glad they didn't. Um, I don't know the whole story about that, if the guy ever came back or if what they, did, if what they conveyed was true. On how he kind of like took this persona and shifted it to his liking but um they found ways for uh rudy moore to kind of like they they gave different mountains for rudy moore to climb over you know like the fact that like they complete the movie and how like no studio wanted it at all mm-hmm. they didn't want to take it
0: it was like an uphill battle the whole time yeah exactly but it wasn't disheartening in any way mm-hmm. um which is good because sometimes you get to a point where some some films really try to drive it home where you're like, oh, this was really hard for this character and they kept coming after this problem, this problem, this problem, and then you finally get to the end and you're like, Jesus Christ, I need to take a nap.
1: Yeah. And, and this
0: one wasn't like that.
1: Yeah this this movie had a very had a lot of black positivity in it, and without it being like unrealistic like a tyler perry film Mm -hmm. they were like all these people are struggling but they're having fun while doing it you know they something's not working out they find their way around it
0: not just that but i saw uh divine joy's uh divine joy randolph's character Mm -hmm. as lady reed there was something great about her but there's also something that bothered me too okay and it wasn't her Mm. um excuse me um she she played this character who was really strong. She didn't take shit from anybody.
1: Yeah. Before you right. continue, I I want you to I want you to tell the audience how 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 uh, Rudy Moore met her. How how they introduce her character, which <laughs> we were cracking up when we saw that shit.
0: Uh, he was doing his Dolomite character on stage,
1: uh-huh.
0: and uh, he was already starting to make some money. And then he saw her in the fucking crowd, like. With a guy who was clearly like looking at other women and shit, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was her husband out on a date with like his mistress and she found him at the club.
0: Yeah. And she just fucking slapped him. Like,
1: no. He slapped her.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. And
1: she punched the shit out of yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like,
0: yeah. <laughs> this is great. I love it. And, and he was so impressed by her and he's mm. like, okay, cool. Like, you know you should be on stage with me she's like you know i was a backup singer but i'm not cool with the stage and mm-hmm. also like who the fuck are you because i'm obviously not pretty
1: yeah exactly yeah um they even said this line and i've heard this line before where she go where like he's trying to convince her like you're funny she's like no no and she goes like well i make my kids laugh and i've 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 been told that before like oh Mark, you should do stand-up or you you should do comedy i'm like no I, I just know how to make you guys laugh like yeah, that's it and i was, exactly. I, was I kind of that really i was like oh yeah i feel it. i mean i'll never do comedy i fucking shit myself on a stage
0: but, <laughs> yeah. yeah you know instead we hide behind the safe confines of podcasts
1: yeah exactly behind this mic that you know you guys don't know what i look like ever
0: yeah because <laughs> social media doesn't exist
1: yeah <laughs> And it went back to what you're saying. What Sorry.
0: bothered me about her character is I'm pretty sure this is how she was in real life. Mm-hmm. She was down on how she looked, and she was kind of like, even towards the end, like grateful. Like you know, I've never seen a woman like me represented on the represented routes. on a stage, like or on a screen or whatever. Yeah. I feel like two things happened there that kind of cheapened her character. Okay. And it was that one she's really fucking gorgeous mm. or really strong and she had worth even outside of what she thought everyone would want her to be
2: yeah
0: and two she thanked a man for her fucking success because he found her yeah i mean that- and i know that like that, that one it's the time to- the times uh-huh. and two people are really humble like that anyways i just didn't like how they really point like put a spotlight on it
1: yeah that, that you talking about that scene where like they're about to go to the premiere of the movie right mm-hmm. yeah they could have worked that scene a little bit more they made it they made it very heavy handed um on a, her appreciating um her appreciating Rudy more yeah um like the the rest of the friends they were appreciative of what he did for them and given them A chance to make a movie but they didn't like they didn't like hit you over the head with it right her they felt the need to even though they should because they had already established like there was this great uh bond and friendship between the two
0: yeah they they did it the best in the beginning of their friendship right yeah he met her he encouraged her she was skeptical of him and Mm. then he won her over and then they were funny together and they did everything together and you know there was no need to thank him they were just really great friends
1: yeah yeah absolutely um so i another thing that was great was the music that music was so fucking awesome (laughs) um the direction i i when i found out who the director was i was like okay this is gonna be good because that the guy um was named craig brewster Mm -hmm. he uh hustle and flow is a really great film that's the one that got uh, I think, what's his name? Terrence Howard was nominated for her best role. And Black Snake Moon was really good. It was really good to see this dude kind of come back and um, to come back and kind of work in that. I don't know why. He like he actually does get black film like or black actors. He really does know how to work with them. And I was really skeptic because this dude, his name has been attached to Coming to America, uh, the Coming to America 2. I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it after seeing Dolomite's My Name. The only thing that kind of makes me very hesitant is I believe Coming to America 2 is PG-13, which, oh. is, which is really awesome because the first one is rated R. You couldn't make the first one now, like, at all. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. You can still do a good rated R comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, for example, like, you know, we bring this up because it was a really good movie, but, like, The Good Boys.
0: Yeah, The Good was Boys a, was great.
1: No, it was a great rated R comedy. And it had kids. Yeah. <laughs> which we fucking hate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean overall I I really enjoyed the film. I would actually re I would actually rewatch the movie. Um, I'm really stoked that Eddie Murphy I know you like say you didn't really like him in this movie, but I saw it as a huge improvement, especially from his past stuff. Um so the fact that like Eddie Murphy did this role so well, I really can't wait to see his stand up now. That he's got coming out. I don't know. (laughs) You're like, I'm not convinced.
0: Well, I'm not because you talk about how he was. Like, we had a conversation about him and how he was before he started doing all these kid movies. Mm -hmm. I grew up with the kid movies. That's all I know of him.
1: And those are like, the ones you saw, they're all shit, right?
0: I thought they were great at the time.
1: Okay, well, you were a kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm thinking like, I... Guarantee you, I'll probably throw my TV out the window if Nutty Professor came on.
1: Oh yeah, you know what? I gotta sit you down and watch like Golden Child, Boomerang, Come to America, Harlem Nights. I gotta show those movies. Those movies are they're comedy, but they're still good films. Oh, especially fucking Beverly Hills Cop.
0: Woo! Yeah, love that movie. <laughs> That's
1: probably like my second favorite Eddie Murphy film.
0: So, he got through all those films, and now he, he did this film, and it's just like, his, I can't get past his voice right now. Okay. He's got to convince me, and he hasn't done that. Like, this okay. film did mm. not convince me that he's that he, capable of anything other than a squeaky voice and, like, a really feminine hand movements.
1: Gotcha. Um, Alright, I mean, maybe i show you Dream Girls too. He was really good in that movie, also. I
0: watched that one. Yeah,
1: nominated for an Oscar for that role.
0: I don't remember him in it.
1: Oh well, he's in it. Yeah. Yeah. He's in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, any more thoughts on uh, no. on the movie?
0: Nope. All right. We're uh, we're gonna do. Um, we watch The Watchmen. <laughs> this segment. We're going to do this for the duration of the show uh, uh, that it's airing, um, but we're going to talk about The Watchmen on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently, like, we're both in the middle of trying to watch this motion comic to try to catch up on, like, the cartoon, not the cartoons, the comics. <laughs> like, you, you've read it already, and you're just trying to refresh yourself, but I'm... Kind of fresh trying to like mm. catch up on these old characters, but at the same time, I'm so glad that I'm doing it because even already after watching two episodes, I'm able to like pick a couple things out, yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. So
0: I don't feel lost,
1: yeah. Um, let's go ahead and give the audience a uh, heads up, um. Uh, we're going to talk about the second episode. We're going to reference the first episode uh, during this segment, but we're mainly going to focus on the second episode. If you haven't watched it, then you could definitely want to skip over because there's a lot of stuff to dissect. Um, if you aren't watching it, what the fuck is wrong with you? It is a really great show. Um, yeah, but we, we're going to pretty much cover the first season. Uh, well, supposedly it's only going to be one season, but if there's a the second season, I'm sure we'll jump on that as well. But as for now, you know that's why you're getting an episode about a day later from usual because we're going to start covering this. And
0: know? we also need you guys to have time to watch it as opposed to what happened to you last night.
1: Yeah, we want some time to like dissect and like think. What did we? You know what's going on? I wrote like three pages worth of notes. Like, oh, this was this meant. This is what this meant. But yeah, other than that. Um, so, I
0: you know please. what? I think we should start with how the first one opened. And this is really important yes, to me.
1: absolutely.
0: Um. I know it's been mentioned the last few years about Black Wall Street. Yes. And I had no idea about this, you know, until a lot of people didn't know it happened. It Mm -hmm. it ever happened.
1: Yeah. A lot Um, of people didn't know it happened until this episode, until episode one came out.
0: (laughs) And then you watched it and you're like, okay, we're going to start watching this together. But the first one's going to hit you hard because Mm. I had such a hard time with. What's that show that we were watching? Oh, When They See Us? Yeah.
1: The, the show? Yeah.
0: I had such a hard time with that show, on that episode. Mm. And um, there's a reason why this one didn't hit me that hard.
1: The first episode? The first... The like, first scene? or yeah, The first
0: but, like, sequence?
1: Yeah, it's like the first nine minutes where... Um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for you guys who need a little bit of history, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there was a city they essentially called Black Wall Street. It was a very prosperous black neighborhood black owned black uh homes all this kind of stuff
0: they had like a like a um like their own ecosystem yeah they had
1: theaters stores uh everything that pretty much makes a town a town and one day you know racist ass white folks were like we don't like that and essentially torched the place killed all these black people bombed it you know mm -hmm. and the government tried to cover it up the reason why you people aren't really, the, the, the reason why it's not really known is because they didn't cover it in history. I didn't know it was history when I was in school. I had to learn outside of school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first episode, they depict the, the massacre for like the first, like, uh, I like don't nine minutes or something like that. But it's, it's fucking, it hits you like hard. Like, re- well, it hit me really hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it didn't for me because it was too cinematic.
1: Okay. I gotcha.
0: That's why. Mm-hmm.
1: It um, was too pretty.
0: <laughs> it was too pretty. It wasn't, I, I the acting wasn't that convincing to me. Mm. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't realistic. Okay. Um. And <sighs> there was something that happened in um, the second episode that I was like that. I don't remember what it was. And maybe you'll remember. But I was like. That hit me harder.
1: Yeah, at the beginning of the episode, um, we see um, we see this character from the first episode, him in the military during World War II. I'm sorry, rewind. There is there is actually this propaganda that's being uh, pushed by the Nazis, and the person who's pushing it is his name is like William William I forgot some like German name or some shit like that, and Woman Führer or something Führer. Former or some, some shit like that. <laughs> and he creates this propaganda and it's pretty much like, hey, black folks, black soldiers who want to come over here and fight for America. America treats you like shit. Can you? And he, he states out, can you walk down the street with other white folks without being spat upon? Can you go to a store without being looked at? Can you k- trade and conduct business like your white brethren, the one who you serve or the one who you work with? If not... Come to Germany, we'll help you. Like we, we want you on this, and this is like true propaganda. And they drop all the, they drop this letter, they drop these papers out, and one of the soldiers grabs the papers and he looks at it. And while he's looking at it, there's a white as he's reading it, there's a white soldier, American soldier on a horse, looks at him and spits in his face. Mm-hmm. And I was
0: just like, God damn, what the fuck? Yeah.
1: Um. So you're referring to that?
0: I think I was worth re- <laughs> referring to that, and then the fact that the little boy. Mm sees that paper after and i think that's where he starts getting whatever ideas are floating around in his head yeah yeah um that was more real to me because that's like you see how black people are treated on a daily basis how people will try to pull on their heartstrings like oh you're not treated right we'll treat you better but of course over there they're like no if you're not white you're not worth shit you're gonna die yeah exactly so they're flat out lying
1: yeah exactly um which actually, you know what? <sighs> no, I'll hold that back because I have some—I have a theory about that scene and what it means for the character. Okay. But let's 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 go. Um, let's go and tread over the second episode a little bit. Okay. Um. So yeah, if, uh, Don Johnson's character dies; he's hung. Um, there's this mysterious character, this black dude who's played by Lewis Gossip Jr. Um, he meets up with Regina King, and he pretty much tells her, "I'm the one who strung up your your boss."
0: But he's like. She's like, you're, like, 90 years old. He's like, no, like I'm
1: 102. Yeah. He goes, I'm 105, and you curse too much. Yeah. Like that. And he's in a wheelchair, and he's like, you know, I, I shrunk him up. She's not believing him. So she, like, gets, a, she goes with this method of, like, trying to find out who he is and everything, all while at the same time. Um, she's trying to avoid this. She's trying to act like she doesn't, she was unaware of his death, of Don Josh's death, when she gets called. Mm-hmm. Um. And over, like, a series, like, he eventually tells her, you know, there's skeletons in your classic from your char- from Don Johnson's character. I can't remember his fucking name right now. Um, his character, Judd Crawford. Judd Crawford, thank you. And she later discovers a, uh, she later discovers a Clans outfit literally in, Don- in Judd Crawford's closet. Yeah. Which I remember you had a theory about. You of you saw that coming.
0: I did see it coming because in the first episode they like linger on a picture of like maybe him with his father.
1: Mm-hmm. And his father's in a cop suit and everything.
0: And he's wearing like a plaid shirt.
1: Yeah. A plaid shirt which is.
0: C- but he looks very country. Yeah. Right.
1: And, and if the plaid shirt is kind of, we've been seeing the plaid shirts as uh, almost like a, an outfit for the 7th Cavalry. Yeah. The Rorschach terrorist right wing type group.
0: Exactly. Um, He, he's like, you see that picture and then people are alluding to the fact that maybe he has skeletons in his closet or whatever. Something's not Mm -hmm. right. I mean, the guy is like doing drugs almost in front of her children.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, Yeah. he
0: hides behind the wall. But I mean, like.
1: Yeah, and I actually like I I I like the fact that they show that Regina King's character Angela uh, Abar, her character is so tied close to Judd Crawford so much that after she finds the Klan outfit in his closet, she th- brings it to the to um the old, the old guy and she's like, "You put that in there."
2: Like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Even though it's like it's in his fucking closet. And that shows right. how much how close she was to that character. She won't even fucking believe it. Even though it's spelled right in front of her.
0: Yeah, well, they've been through a lot together. Uh, And it's really strange. (sighs) I hate it when they do this. And it's not because they do it bad or it's bad for the story. But I hate it when you get attached to somebody because they're cool. And, Mm. like, other people trust them. And, like... You have all of these things that you you know are going to happen. You want someone to, like, hold your hand through it, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that that person, one, he dies, and two, he's a fucking trash. So yeah. then you're like, okay, so, like, your heart, like, for... I, I don't know if other people experience this, but movies are, like, real to me sometimes. Yeah. And I get really emotionally invested in them, and it hurts okay so like that's painful for me
1: i think that's a sign of good writing if you get emotionally invested with a character like
0: that i think it's also kind of a sign of who i am because a lot of people watch movies and they don't
1: yeah they just don't get they don't
0: get as emotionally invested as i do okay um i feel like her character is really strong and i love that oh there's like a role reversal we were talking about too yeah yeah she's this character that she's a cop and cops are kind of bad they're not bad but like people don't like them mm-hmm. and they get killed if they know that if other people know that you're a cop you're gonna end up dead
1: yeah they they reveal what it was what's what's called the white night,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is a uh like a time attacked uh, RC, uh, um rc um Carefully choreograph attack on forty cops, uh, forty cop homes to kill their family, and that's and now they have to hide their identity because if you see a person on the street who's a cop, they're afraid they're going to get shot. Right, which was kind of proven in the in the first episode. Right. Yeah.
0: Do you think it's interesting because of what's going on now with cops?
1: Yeah, I've heard people arguing that they don't know if David Lindelof is trying to have a sympathize with the cops or not, and I think that we get we get more of an idea of that later on because. Um, at one time you kind of do want to sympathize with the cops um, but then you see how how they 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 say fuck the law themselves and they are like holding people without their rights and is like beating the shit out of them and all that kind of stuff and rounding them up almost like the Gustavo yeah which I think is kind of I, I like how he, I like how Lindelof is going back and forth with that
0: he's going back and forth but at the same time like I feel like there's not that much different than that mm And what's going on now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the same thing.
0: Like, you want to trust cops, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, can you really? Like, yeah, like,
1: there are times where you want to really sympathize with the cop because they put their lives on the line. But then you hear a story of, like, I don't know, some woman who thinks she's in her apartment just firing off shots at a guy and he gets killed right in his own apartment.
0: Yeah. Oh, something, or like, oh, some guy, he didn't kill anybody, but he beat the shit out of like a little kid. Who's black and then he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna quit before I get fired."
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a it's obviously a commentating it's commentating on our current state. Yeah. Um, it's a <laughs> it's funny. There was an article that came out. I can't remember who I, I can't remember who t- who wrote it. It might have been Vulture had said that fans of Watchmen are saying that the show's too political.
0: Oh yeah. And they
1: seem not to. For, they seem to forget that the comic book is very political. Yeah. So those people are idiots. But yeah, I mean, it's a political show. I mean, th- this, it's a topic that's, it's, it's, what is it? Art imitating life now.
0: Politics always has made good TV. Yeah,
1: if it's, it's done right. Yeah.
0: always made good TV. Mm. I mean, um, if you want to think about uh, A Few Good Men.
1: Yeah, that's a great political film. Or uh, here's a great political film. Hmm. Captain America, The Winter Soldier. That's an espionage film.
0: Yeah, but I don't think people think of espionage mm. as political.
1: Oh, I mean, e- even the topic of surveillance and trying to prevent crimes without even through math- trying to prevent crimes before they happen is it's it kind of speaks now.
0: No, I know it does, and I'm not I'm not saying that that's not political, but mm. I think I'm just saying when you talk about politics, people usually think about how someone will come up with policies and oh, how... clear
1: and present danger. Uh,
0: yeah, and then how people try to do shit behind your back to get those policies done.
1: Gotcha. Um, all the King's Man or President's the Robert Redford and uh, Dustin I, Hoffman. I don't watch you know? that one. It's a good one. That's a good political film.
0: Um, it's always made good TV, so I don't understand... Like, if you want to watch something not political... Mm. i mean you could always watch barney <laughs> i
1: was just thinking about that you could just watch barney um, <laughs> i mean
0: even i mean if you're gonna talk about like uh black people in um superhero type shows right mm-hmm. what's that one that came out um
1: a black hero a black superhero show mm-hmm. What, well, black lightning that one okay
0: that one's political too
1: that is political yeah i i haven't i haven't watched the show i've heard certain episodes where they actually cover like police brutality and stuff like that but they want to make it realistic
0: yeah they definitely cover like it's there's a lot of real stuff in there yeah so um i don't know i think that they just don't want to watch something that's they want to watch something mindless so like let's go ahead and run away from today's problems because you know that helps everybody
1: (laughs) Um, you wanna get into the mystery of the show? Kind of have our have our thoughts and theories and what, what meant and stuff like that.
0: This is why mm. I'm glad we watched the at least some of the um
1: The motion comic. The motion
0: comic. Yeah. Because there's this really weird character that at first I felt weird about mm-hmm. and I kinda liked mm. that old man. Um
1: The one in the mansion? Yeah. Yeah. Oh the Jeremy Irons character. Um Yeah, it's been thought that it's been rumored or hasn't been confirmed, but supposedly he is Adrian Mm Veidt, the guy who uh, was one of the Watchmen or sorry, who was one of the Minutemen who essentially put the plan in order to kill three million people to stop nuclear apocalypse. Um, They've been toying with the idea that this might be Adrian Veidt. There's been small hints. Um, There's actually a theory I heard that makes a whole lot sense about that character. Um, but I'll get into it after you talk. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Um, he has this man, this woman, they're real young, like Mm
1: -hmm. his servants, Yeah,
0: maybe like 19, 21 years old, something around there. And, you know, they like love him to pieces and, and they're like, they give him gifts and they're like, they just love him. And he's like. All right cool. This is cool. Mm-hmm. You almost get a sense that they're like gonna be his proteges in something, yeah, like it's that close,
1: yeah, in the first episode, you got a sense of, like they were robotic in a way, yeah, and they go they go a little bit further into that in the se- in the second episode
0: they do it was fucking traumatic, so they end up it's like the second anniversary of something, and they never tell you what it is, yes,
1: that's great. I love that,
0: um. And my theory on that, I don't, it's not like a theory, like, oh, I have like all this knowledge or whatever. Yeah, it's just
1: what you, it's a theory.
0: Go on. But if it's the second anniversary of something and he's Mm -hmm. as old as he is, and maybe, maybe his current body Mm -hmm. is only two years old.
1: Okay, okay. You know,
0: something like that, because he's obviously into cloning, because as we find out, Mm -hmm. the second anniversary, they put on a stage play. That he basically seems like he produced because he's kind of directing them even though he's the only audience member. Yeah. And he, like, sets one of them on fire, but there's another one who looks exactly like him, and then there's another one.
1: Yeah, there's that big reveal. The play that Kelsey's referring to is essentially the, the story of Ozymandad. I mean, Ozymandad, Uh John Osterman, who becomes Dr. Manhattan. He... Uh, adrian veidt does a stage play of that birth mm-hmm. and in the process he like he has to reenact the time where john Osterman's body destroyed by that machine
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he sets he sets his servant on fire yeah for full effect
0: exactly yeah and he's basically telling this girl like you you know it's great you've done great but you need to cry like actually real tears this yeah. time yeah and so it's real tears because she sees him like burn. burn yeah. Um so I think it's it, something about that irritated me too if I'm going to be honest. Okay. Because that? in the play the guy comes out, John Osterman and he's like I'm Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And i and after watching the motion comic, you know, he's like I don't even like that name. What is that? Yeah,
1: well, that's how, that's how, I think that's how, I think that's how Adrian Vite is, I think he did that intentionally because he's, he just makes it really ridiculous, you know?
0: Well, I don't think he's doing it to be ridiculous. I think, didn't you say something about him having like a
1: obsession with, yeah, an obsession
0: with him. So he's just like, okay, like, he loves being Dr. Manhattan because mm. I love that he's Dr. Manhattan. Well,
1: that's the thing. I think because Agent White, if you've noticed, Agent Vite kind of seems less serious, less stern than his, com- his comic book counterpart, more like how he was back then in the comic book. Mm-hmm. In the comic book, he seemed more serious. You can tell as he's getting older, he's being more playful. You know, So I think that's why... Well, I think
0: it's just mostly because he's losing his mind.
1: That could be possible, yeah. And this goes into your clone theory, correct? Yeah. You want to... Go a little further in that. My or? clone theory. Well, you said you, that you think that he might be that on agent. his second
0: body or yeah, something? Yeah,
1: yeah, he might be in a second body, yeah.
0: Or not in a second body. It could have been like his fifth body, but only two years into whatever body this is.
1: Yeah, okay, I got you. Um, okay. Uh, yeah,
0: he's like, okay, so what? We saw him with a tree that had
1: a tomato, tomato on yeah, it. Yeah, he was a scientist who like, did gene splicing and yeah,
0: stuff like that. Tomatoes don't grow on trees, you know, yeah. in case he didn't know that. <laughs> well, you don't know. Some people don't know that. You know. Yeah. You know. Um <laughs> I mean, nuts grow on trees too. That's nuts. But peanuts, I don't think those grow on trees. I think those are more bushes. <sighs> okay. <laughs> um So it's like one of those things where you kinda know, okay, if he's if he is gene splicing and all this then. Maybe he did something to himself to prolong his life.
1: So I have a, I've heard that I this is I've I've heard a theory of of that scene, uh, actually of that whole plot. Um, so they bake the cake in the first episode. They bake the cake and it's like happy anniversary, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we come back, they do the happy anniversary again, but now it's it's uh, two candles. Normally on an anniversary, what like a year goes by, right? Mm-hmm. And also, if you can tell his his demeanor's kind of change, he's have he has more of an attitude and to the point where he's almost insulting his servants, and it takes time to get that play together, them to act it out, to practice, and all, all this rehearsal, right? Mm-hmm. So, I have to agree with this person. I believe it was on um, slash uh, slash daily. Uh, I forgot which one on that show said it, but they said like there has been they have there has to been a. Certain amount of time that went by. So what we're seeing in the Adrian Veidt story is not taking place at the same time as the story with Regina King's character. Mm-hmm. So we're we're getting a we are kind of getting maybe a flash forward or a flashback or some point we're not seeing. Um, the timelines are different, right? Which I think is I, I think that's a pretty valid uh, theory, but in regards to that, um, one thing they want to kind of. This episode kind of covered was the idea of who is uh, the Hooded Justice. Um, Hooded Justice, if for you guys who haven't read the comic, was considered the first vigilante or superhero in the comics. He's like this very tall, very strong, muscular man who supposedly might have been this bodybuilder, this German bodybuilder by the name of Oh my God, I can't find the name. Oh, that's the guy's name Okay, Mueller. The guy's last name was Mueller. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. Not the Mueller report. Yeah, not
1: the Mueller report, yeah. Um, so the German bodybuilder's last name was Mueller. The guy who wrote the propaganda, his last name was Mueller. Okay. So I have a theory that the character, the old black guy, who we later find out his name is Will, who is uh, Angela, a- Angela Abar, Virginia uh, Keene's character's grandfather. Mm-hmm. Side, side note. Remember she was on the phone and they said, oh, Will, uh, you have two ancestors and two descendants. Mm -hmm. And then he he says to her, oh, your father never told you about me. There has to be another, like an uncle or aunt that we're not seeing yet. Yeah. So I think that's going to come back later. Um, And he tells her, like, I want to tell you where you come from. So the character Will is wearing the same colors as the Hooded Justice. Mm -hmm. Red jacket and a black kind of shirt. The Hooded Justice wore a red cape, black shirt, and he wore a noose. Okay. This is where I think he is the Hooded Justice. The character, George, George Muller, um, could have been obviously a fake name or whatever that Will created. Will was known to have that propaganda paper. Mm-hmm. And on it says, like, protect this boy from his father. Uh, yeah, right? look
0: after this boy yeah, from his mother. B- his mother wrote that note on no, the back no, of it. No,
1: the father wrote the note of it. Because remember, he's the father's the one who got the paper. The oh, okay. It. Okay. So, whew, let me just get my ducks in a row before I start going into this shit. I think he's the Hood of Justice because the Hood of Justice was known to kind of side with Nazi propaganda, like Nazism. And you can tell Will might have, as grown up, reread that propaganda over and over and over and maybe thought, all of these Nazi people knew what, what the right, you, you know, they were looking out for me.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: maybe that's why he's, maybe that's why he carried that German persona. He carried that German ideology, that Nazi ideology. And the news is him taking back what is, what was essentially seen as like a lynching. You know, the noose is, is related to black people being hung. Mm-hmm. So he probably could have took that and be like, no, I'm going to represent this. I'm going to take this back. This, I'm going to be the Hooded Justice. And he did say that he can lift maybe 200 pounds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe that's also leading to the idea that he could be Hooded Justice as Except well.
0: Hooded Justice was white.
1: We don't know that.
0: You could see it around his eyes.
1: That's an easy distraction. Well, no, no. That's a depiction. That's the actor playing Hooded Justice. They never said if the Hood of Justice was white or not.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, that 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 American hero story. So they're
0: probably trying to distract you with that.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I mean, it seems more likely that he might be Hood of Justice because you know he could have had the Nazism. Because I mean, if you think about it, if you're if you're a black person who's displaced in America, and you hear a story, especially at a, at a young impressionable age, and you see this propaganda, you're like, "This is the way to go." But he sees that, and he's like. Well, these, maybe these Nazis had kind of a, they had something, they had the right idea. Mm-hmm. So it could be possible that he he kind of carried that ideology and wanted to do the German accents, like throw people off or something like that.
0: Especially with the trauma that he went through losing his parents exactly. the way he did on Black yeah. Wall Street.
1: Exactly. And there's even um, his character that when he was a kid, he was watching the, the old film. Mm-hmm. Who uh was based off of Bass Reeves, which is a real character, real history, the first actual black sheriff mm-hmm. that character Bass Reeves captures the fake sheriff, okay and brings justice to him right
2: mm-hmm.
1: he now he supposedly he kills Judd Crawford, the fake sheriff brings justice to him, yeah, so that's what I'm thinking like he like he looked at that character at Bass Reeves for the inspiration to be the hood of justice. Tap back into it to kill John, Judge Crawford. That is my th- like I said. It's just a theory. Yeah. So
0: makes sense. Woo!
1: That was a long-winded one. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, yeah. Uh, what mean? about the kid? Oh, Topher. Okay. <sighs> I remember I said that like what he, that castle he was building that looks like the castle that Doctor Manhattan built that looks like Adrian White's castle. <sighs> He was building this castle that was floating. And I remember I told you, like, it looks like he's making it float like it's, he's psychic.
0: hmm
1: I don't think, I think that, I don't you think. You think
0: maybe it was magnetism?
1: I think it was magnetism. I think it was the technology. Or it was part of the toy, because the, the box was blue, like Dr. Manhattan. I think that was a kind of Dr. Manhattan-ish toy for technology. Oh, okay. So that's why, yeah, I remember I said, like, oh, he must be psychic because of this. But after, like, really thinking about it, I'm like, no, it, it was just a toy that did that.
0: But he's very interesting though.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: Um and actually usually I think when there's like a show or a movie or whatever and kids are orphaned, it's usually a white family taking in black kids. Mm-hmm. The it's different. Another role reversal. It's a black family taking in white kids and basically because um because Regina King's character, Angela, she lost
1: her partner was her killed. Her partner, yeah,
0: and he, and his wife, right? Yeah, and so three kids were orphaned, and she just took them in. Yeah, she so they basically became her kids. Yeah, um, so she has what a son and two daughters, mm. and um, and the son is very emotional. Like he, yeah, he's, he's the oldest one. He's emotional. He doesn't like racism. He kind of has a bit of a temper. Yeah. Um, but he's really interesting and I'm curious to see what they do with him mm. because I feel like it would be such a waste if they just let him be a moody child. I
1: think they're going to go, they're going to get more into that character. Um, I don't know what exactly. I don't really have an, I don't really have a beat on him other than like what you've described, but I don't know where they're going to take that that kid. Yeah. It would be interesting to see though, like that connection between, because there's, there's a connection between uh, Topher and, And his adoptive mother, Angela.
0: Yeah, but she's real with him Mm -hmm. because she finds uh, Judd hanging from the tree. Yeah. She doesn't tell his sisters, but she comes and she sits down with him and she tells him, like, hey, I have something to tell you. You're not going to like it. Uh, Judd's dead. I found him hanging this morning.
1: Yeah. She says something like, like you and I, she says something like, you and I have a connection. Like, you and I know that life isn't ice creams and lollipops. Yeah. And then he's like, your uncle, Uncle Jed did dead. He's like, what? And like, Psh, Like, he gets his anger and everything. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: But no, he took it well. Mm-hmm. And then he tells her, don't tell my sisters yet. I'll handle it tomorrow.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting, too.
0: And so I feel like there's like some kind of weird respect between them. Mm hmm. Like maybe he's only twelve years old or thirteen or whatever, but he's also like an adult. like I don't think she wants to take that away from him because of what he's been through, yeah, um, so she just kind of gives him some space,
1: yeah absolutely um before we before we jump on the segment because we've been talking about it for a little bit, I do want to point out how how funny that um American hero stories episode was shot or that segment they did it a lot of people are saying he's jamie Lindelof is dunking on zach snyder i think they're just making fun of the washman movie because there's a lot of tropes from the washman movie that they poke fun of out of um on this show and i think it's great yeah yeah i haven't i haven't showed you the movie i gotta show you but you once i show you the movie you'd be like oh yeah i totally see it now <laughs> that was really great um I'm really looking forward to the next episode because uh, Lori Lori, uh, Jupiter, now known as Lori Blake, is going to be on the show,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, Silk Spectra, uh, and she's an FBI agent. So I really want to get into her, why she's on the show, and how she got to where she's at now. Yeah. Um, I had heard that they do kind of talk about on the HBO website, like for Watchmen. They do kind of give you an idea of what happened to her and and uh, Dan Dan Durberg, I think is Night Owl. How Dan is now sitting in an FBI prison; he's in a federal prison, and she's an FBI agent. But something happened between the two, which is really interesting. Hmm. So, um, I don't think we really have any predictions because the show just kind of just goes way all over the place. But it's it, really yeah,
0: it's hard to predict because you know it's it's not the same as. The Watchmen comic. It's yeah. like a spinoff. Yeah. So it's hard.
1: Yeah, you can't really predict. You can kind of try to figure out where the characters are going to go, but I mean. They make
0: a lot of connections, though.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, if you guys haven't read the comic, or at least do what Kelsey and I are doing and kind of like watching the motion comic that's on um, YouTube, do yourself a favor and do it. Because even after I read the comic, like years ago, after re-watching the motion comic, I was like, oh, shit, completely forgot that happened. Yeah. So, but it's it's a great it's a great catch up.
0: <sighs> a <tired> of <laughs> <laughs> um all right geriatric cinematic uh we are going to cover Dolomite
1: Damn look like my women is on time Baby,
2: I could show warm you up No shit baby I
1: can dig it <laughs> Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Breathing
2: down your neck. Damn! Damn!
0: Girl, this motherfucker's got rhythm, have <laughs> I've got an all-girl army that knows what to do. They'll as hell and practice kung fu. All right. It was directed by derville martin i don't never know how to pronounce people's names when they have a- derville
1: derville martin <laughs> his name is derville martin
0: uh, It was written by jerry jones and rudy ray moore uh, of course rudy ray moore and derville martin and <laughs> hey
1: derville <laughs> you haven't hung around with black people with this derville Go
0: Jerry Jones and Lady Reed starred in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the synopsis is: After he is released from jail, a pimp takes on the criminals and corrupt police officers who framed him in the first place. Um,
1: I am so happy I got to introduce you to this film. <laughs> like I'm just after after showing you Dolomite, I'm like, oh, I need to show her more black exploitation films. I
0: know there was like, you um, didn't you show me Dynamite? Black Dynamite? Black Dynamite.
1: No, I, I told you I, I want to show you that, but I, I want to show you some black exploitation films before you watch that so you can get the jokes.
0: Oh, okay. And then you did show me, like, some of Coffee.
1: Yeah, the Pam Greer film. Mm-hmm.
0: But, like, we didn't finish that.
1: Yes. I need to rectify that.
0: <laughs> I mean, but yeah. I, I mean, think that was actually in theater somewhere recently.
1: Yeah, I think they did, like, a special screening of it uh, maybe two years ago. Somewhere. Local.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> Your first step into this whole genre.
1: We welcome you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, like, I, I totally get the whole, like, okay, so even though he's, like, a pimp, right, and there's all these women around, there's still something really positive about it, even though it's, like stereotypes Mm -hmm. um i guess i i like that okay um but it's like i don't understand what they're talking about half the time okay (laughs) like when he starts doing that fucking rap that goes on and on and on and on and on forever
1: i mean when he's rhyming that yeah
0: i have absolutely no fucking idea what he's saying or talking about he just talking about life. That's yeah, but I couldn't even hear half of what he was saying. And the things that I did hear made mm-hmm. no sense. I mean... Because he wasn't using normal ways of saying the things that he was saying.
1: Gotcha. Oh, you know, it's just... It's rapping. It's, you know, metaphors and poetry. But, like, street poetry.
0: Okay. <laughs> Are you okay?
1: Sure. Um, I know <laughs> this film is not of high quality. Like, there was a lot of... <laughs>
0: The kung fu was the best. The, yeah.
1: If anything, I mean, I I know Kelsey tins are like really tear apart films that are of bad quality, but I'm and here I to tell you, I don't
0: want to tear this one apart. Yeah,
1: you actually enjoyed it. You actually like liked it and laughed at it, and I think that was that was probably um, that was probably Rudy Ray Moore's intent intent to, for you to for you to laugh. Do you enjoy the actions? Enjoy the kung fu and enjoy all them titties yeah.
0: <laughs> that were just popping
1: up left and right. All them titties.
0: Um, I can't tear it apart because like, it's not enjoyable by any means if it was going to stand on its own as a story. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, <sighs> I don't know. He wants, you could tell he wanted to make it funny. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make it enjoyable. He wanted to like be lighthearted and like, do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, he didn't take it too seriously. So I almost feel... I made a comment, like, I almost feel like it's, like, the black, the room.
1: Yes, I was thinking about that. Oh, see, that's
0: But here's, here's the thing, though. And I say the black, the room, because obviously there's more style and more, like, I don't know, the jokes are, are funnier. And mm-hmm. I think they're... They're intentionally funny, mm-hmm. even though it's still like most of it's shoddy.
1: Yeah, well, going back to um, so people who weren't confused, you're talking about the room, the Tommy Wiseau movie, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Continue. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Oh hi, Mark.
1: <laughs> funny. <laughs> um.
0: So I don't want to put it down and say that it's exa- like like it's like the room because that guy put a lot of money into a really shitty movie and people just make fun of it and he actually was trying to be serious. Mm-hmm. This film, he was trying to be really good at um, making the film and writing it and stuff and it, it it's not that good, but you get more out of it because there's like this heart and like...
1: There's a bit more style in there's it. There's style
0: in it. There's music and like stupid ass reaction shots and
1: yeah those shots were like they cut away for reaction and just people it's just the person just looking at him just like I wish you guys can see my face but he's just like like
0: that (laughs) (laughs) or like when you meet Lady Reed she's like sitting there looking all badass (laughs) Just like, staring. And then the next scene, it cuts back to her, and her eyes are red like she had been crying for, like, five hours straight. Yeah, and like, you're like, oh, what the fuck? Uh,
1: oh, Dolomite, I'm so glad you coming out. <laughs> We've been waiting for you. You know? Even, like, if you think about it, even the story's kind of vague at at best. Like, he has to get out of jail. Like, he gets out of jail um thanks to the governor. Uh... Thanks because
0: he's th- friends with.
1: Because he's friends with Lou, uh, with with uh, with Queen Bee, played by uh, Lady Reed, and like, I guess he's supposed to stop the drugs from coming in or some shit. But they don't really even touch up on that at all.
0: No, they say he. Yeah, okay. The other guy, Willie Green, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, Willie Green. He. Is the one who took over from Dolomite, and he's the one who's supposedly really bad. Mm. So he was supposed to get out of jail because Lady Reed wanted him out of jail, but also because he was supposed to take the drugs off the street and like prove his innocence, but also get the right person into jail because of all this shit that was happening on the street. Yeah,
1: uh, but what was it? the governor wanted to?
0: So the governor wanted him
1: dead, right? Like, cause the unifying the governor was
0: he. He helped get him out of jail to help clean up the streets, but then also the governor was friends with the guy also that was bad that wanted him dead. So then he kept like trying to get a hit, like a hit on him. Like it was really confusing. Like, yeah, he wanted,
1: now I remember, okay, the governor, because the governor and Willie Green were working together, and the governor got Willie Green, sorry, the governor got Dolomite out so that he can kill him. Because remember, there was a hitman. There a three hitmen that tried to kill him at the end. But yeah. But it it's like, why didn't he just kill him in prison?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, not just that, but I think you said something about Lady Reed being the governor's friend, too.
1: Yeah, they, they make fun of that, and, and Dolomite is my name. But yeah, um, apparently the governor's friends with Lady Reed, because Lady Reed helps run the whorehouse, that Dolomite owns mm-hmm. and i and and the governor is a regular customer they even show a scene where like the governor's in bed with a couple <laughs> of hookers and then the sex is so horrible like i mean it's supposed to play like sexy but the governor's like ah, ah,
0: ah! <laughs> and
1: apparently like that's how he's getting off <laughs> so bad
0: there was this and then they show you around that whorehouse too and we saw some Titties things... is all over the place. No, we saw... Like, they're trying to be coy where you don't see the women, like... I don't know, sucking the men off or whatever. Oh, yeah.
1: That's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, like, when uh, one of the cops comes through uh, Dolomite's whorehouse, um, there's, like, a couple of prostitutes, like, massaging a guy's butt. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, massaging <laughs> his butt or.
1: And like a guy getting a BJ from a hooker, but like he's in a steam box and you you hear her head, you hear, you see her head bobbing up and down, like if she's like headbanging or some shit like that. It looks really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like comically bad and everything.
0: Also, the coloring, mm-hmm. like you can see Dolomite in the backseat of the car and all you see is his eyes and his teeth
1: yeah that lighting was horrible that lighting was so bad like the like the scene where the cops are are chasing down the car that dolomite's in Mm -hmm. and then like dolomite gets out of the car and the girl (laughs) the girls park the car dolomite gets out of the car to ambush the cops but the girls only move the car up like five feet (laughs) (laughs) and park and the cops come out and they're like you know the camera. Where is he? Yeah, and the camera is like an exterior shot, looking inside the car. But the lighting's so bad, you can't see inside the car because they don't have the correct lighting. Yeah. And he's like, "Where's dynamite? Oh, like, dynamite! Dynamite! I'm sorry. Where's dolomite? <laughs> <laughs> where's dolomite? Even though the dude's head is in the car, like, where's dolomite? <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, dolomite comes out with his machine on his. Just like blasts them, My and name. he's
0: holding it perpendicular to his body, right? So it's yeah. straight out. It's not up. It's not down. It's straight out. Yeah. And the bullets are hitting the guy's feet on the ground, like making him dance.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like, or he's
0: like pointed off to the left.
1: Yeah, and like The guys
0: the, to the right.
1: Yeah. Like the, I remember, there's a there's even a part where like Dolomite. There's a great shot where Dolomite's holding the machine gun, and you can see the shadow. Of the camera. Oh, yeah. And the camera operator <laughs> just, like, sitting right there. I was just like, man. This is, this oh, is yeah.
0: What? I thought you said the director and the director's chair.
1: I think it was either the director and the director's chair. Or it might have been the camera operator um, and the camera. Because, you know, cameras back then were, like, huge. They had, like, seats right on it and stuff like that. So I oh, think it might yeah. have been the actual camera. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's shot bad. But that's, that, I, that's what I love about Black's exploitation Film. They are shot gorilla style no permits or anything like that whatever money they can get whatever friends they can get to do it but like there's a certain level of like love that you can tell these people got into these films yeah you know even like the bad ones like this one Black Caesar is was it, kind of a bad film but I still it's a great black exploitation film even like the Pam Greer films the Shaft is a really great film Shaft is actually like a professionally made black exploitation film but that's really great um I like the fact that that um, the lead, uh, uh, Rudy Rudy Ray Moore, mm-hmm. is a non-attractive man at all.
0: <laughs> he's
1: like fat. He's actually pretty ugly, but he like plays this guy who like gets all the women. Yeah, like, all of them. Like that. Like that. Remember that sex scene? Oh yeah. 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 Where she's like, where he's like they're like kissing but he seems like he's they like they look like they're wrestling yeah but like like light wrestling like uh, like kind of pushing each other uh-huh. and then comes like the horrible edit <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently like they stopped because they had sex i guess
0: oh yeah well no because i think we got the edited version right because yeah. there was something in dolomite is my name I'm like that didn't happen in the movie and then they come to find out we got an yeah, edited we, version yeah, the edited of it
1: version yeah um but no like remember okay so the part where dolomite's having sex with that one girl it was like one of his prize girls mm-hmm. and then like how they had the <laughs> how the how the sex scene was very i want to say realistic because it's so comical it's so realistic where he's like making that like his O face was like and, all that
0: kind of <laughs> stuff.
1: and like the, it seemed like the lady her wig she's like her head's being pushed into her wig
0: Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, they barely started talking in that scene. Uh Uh-huh. And I was laughing already because her wig was so flat in the back. It looked like she had been laying down all day.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Well,
0: she probably was because it is a whorehouse. But, Uh like, it just looked bad.
1: It looked bad all around. Um, I don't... Did you did you ever get, even though there's a lot of, like, filler, did you ever get a sense of, like, slow pacing in the film? Yes. Okay. I, I didn't really feel like the movie, like, slugged along. Because I think, it seemed like there were so many times where the edits or the dialogue was so bad, it was, like, comical.
0: Well, especially when you get to the club, right? That was slow. Well,
1: even, well, even... No, I thought that club scene was actually not too bad. You are talking about, like the whole dancing scene and everything, right?
0: Well, some of the dancing was fine, but it was like mm. the reaction shots were like kind of lukewarm and like mm. the, he was just talking forever and
1: <laughs> like there was like the like the like the most the,
0: interesting person was the fucking drummer with his weird fucking bowl cut. Oh, that was in the ma- the mayor's house. Oh no, I think no, that was think the, the bass house. I,
1: I think that was the bass player. I think that was with the bowl cut. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we got to talk about some of the action, though. <laughs> All right, so let's take. Okay, let's let's do the action. The action scene in the crack house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry, uh, it wasn't crack house. It wasn't crack at that time. It was heroin house. Where like that dude seemed like that dude was talking to Dolomite forever. That part just kind of seemed like what the fuck is this nigga saying? Mm-hmm. And then like the cops come in and they shoot him. And when the when the when the the drug head gets shot, he like. <gasps> It, like jumps into. The oh, bed, he like, jumps
0: oh! onto the bed, yeah.
1: Yeah, then comes like this horrible fight sequence between Dolomite and two of the cops, <laughs> and he's like, w- w-, "Like, wasn't he making like a silly ass face, like he was almost taking a shit?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, well, all of his faces during the whole thing was like that.
1: Yeah, even while having sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, they, like I said, there's a few act, a few action scenes that actually that they come up as really funny, but you get a you got a sense that like they did it. Like out of love. Um, and then comes the greatest action scene <laughs> near the end at the club. <laughs> so Dolomite and Willie Reed, there's this big conversation. Willie Reed, you know, the, the drug dealer that took over his territory, took over his no, club. It was Willie Green. Willie Green, sorry. That wanted to take the club back from Dolomite. They go, There's this fight scene where Dolomite's girls who are like, Karate experts, Kung Fu experts, they're fighting Willie Green's man. All chaos and pandemonium. And Dolomite has a conversation <laughs> with Willie Green. <laughs> and he, like, punches him in the stomach and, like, apparently takes out his, his intestines. Mm-hmm. Which was, unfortunately, was not in the edited version we saw. I, you know, I gotta find the unedited version. He takes out his intestines, and that's how Willie Green dies. <laughs> Oh, and then what's-his-name comes in, the the Jerry Jones character? Uh-huh. He comes in, he's like, God damn, Dolomite, and then shoots him twice. Shoots shoots Willie Green twice.
0: And then he's like, now it's off you and on to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, What happened to the governor? I remember there was a car chase scene, right?
0: Yeah, I don't remember what happened to him. Holy shit. I'm just like, because the editing was so bad at that point that it jumps and jumps and jumps and then all of a sudden you're in a kitchen with a chef with a hot pot
1: yeah and then like that, that after like Willie Green dies that's when it jumps back to the governor and like he, that's when he's with the hookers and one of them was Dolomite was one of the Dolomite girls mm-hmm. and I guess he I guess the governor kills Dolomite girls and there's a now I remember um, what's his name chase his ass down um, the cop the Jerry Jones character chase him down Oh, okay, now I remember the chasing down. I think I think that dude dies in a car accident, and then there's that hitman scene with Dolomite in prison, Mm -hmm. and then like Dolomite kills those hitman, and like that's the end of the movie. Like like Jerry Jones character is like Dolomite. What are you gonna do after this? And then freeze frame. That's it. (laughs) And that's the end of Dolomite. so, yeah. I mean, I know we're jumping all over the place, but it the movie's kind of like that. It just jumps all over the yeah, place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Kelsey, what did you... Now, now you've got your...
0: Oh, wait, wait. No, no, no. I have to tell you uh-huh. about the fucking product placement in this film. Oh, yes. <laughs>
1: Please. What's the product placement? What was going on with that?
0: Um, when he meets the guy, the heroin guy. Mm-hmm. Which I think he was related to him was like his cousin or something.
1: I, if he was, I did not know that.
0: Yeah, they were like because he used to work for him or something. yeah,
1: I know they were friends, but if they were cousins that's that's fucking new to me.
0: um that guy was wearing a dolomite shirt inside out. Yeah. It was like he showed up on set with a Dolomite shirt on And the guys were like, no, that's not gonna fly Like, it's Dolomite movie You, guys, yeah. you can't wear a Dolomite shirt on a Dolomite movie So turn the shirt inside out And you could see it
1: Yeah, it straight says Dolomite in reverse
0: yeah. And then when he takes them back to his room So they could talk business or whatever mm-hmm. There's a Dolomite fucking record right there
1: Yeah Because, <laughs> yeah. Ru- you know, Rudy, like Rudy Ray Moore's comedy album As his Dolomite persona Exactly that was fucking ridiculous.
0: I was just like, oh, she has Dolomite right there. Look at that.
1: <laughs> fucking shared universe or whatever. Um, so now that you got your first foot, your first, you, now that you dipped your toe into the black exploitation genre, what did you think about this one?
0: I think you showed me something better.
1: I haven't showed you any black exploitation. I years.
0: said, I think you can show oh, me Oh, I can something show you something better? better? Okay, I'll show you some stuff. I'll show you some good stuff. Mm. But you like you know, like I was digging on coffee, mm. because she's first of all it's a woman, mm. and she's strong and like.
1: Yeah, you'll like these, you'll like the Pam Graham films. Those are really good.
0: <sighs> yeah, but this one didn't hold any value for me. Uh huh. I feel like this movie is something you would probably understand better if you were black. Yeah, I mean. And, and I don't I know black exploitation films aren't all like that. Uh-huh. Um, but this one was just not professionally made in any way shape or form. Mm. Um and honestly the way he was talking I just couldn't understand cuz I don't I did not grow up around black people so I don't understand like
1: the language the, the dialect and yeah. all that stuff. That's understandable. I mean a lot of people
0: and it wasn't like that through the whole film. Like it no. was just a couple of scenes where, and you're laughing, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it.
1: Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, not all of them are like this. I don't know, maybe like fifty to sixty percent are, because mm. you know it was made at a time where, you know, like I said, they had to shoot guerrilla style. They didn't really get like they didn't ha- they didn't get they didn't have MGM or Warner Brothers to like produce their films so they had to like do whatever they can but there is like a labor of love that goes into these movies especially when it's like a all black crew or a black director or there's like an artistic merit behind it like a lot of these films um a lot of a lot of these films are looked up in the black community
2: mhm
1: how not looked at the black community Snoop Dogg has um shown his love for Rudy Ray Moore uh i remember um, reading something that Keegan Michael Key. Uh, you
0: can even say his name right. Yeah,
1: Keegan, Keegle. <laughs> you're right, Keegle. Keegan Michael Key. Thank you, Keegan Michael Key. Um, uh, there was a story that went around that he would actually watch some of these Rudy Ray Moore movies uh while on the set of, uh, of on the set of his films mm-hmm. that he make and um uh he actually got like his friends into into some of those movies. Like, there's one called uh, The Human Tornado, which mm. I really want to check it out. I think it's... I From the shots I've seen, they it looks a lot better than Dolomite, like, professionally made. Like,
0: they probably got money for it, finally.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing I really have a problem with this film is that, like, it's, like, Kelsey uh, had Mission uh, had... Kelsey had said earlier, this seems to be the edited version of the movie, so we did not see the infamous... Uh, mic hanging from the oh
0: the, the boom. boom mic.
1: There was a couple parts we can't see the boom mic, but from what I heard, like the boom mic is almost in every scene.
0: And I know. I really want to see that one sex scene that showed up on Dolomite. Is my name?
1: Yeah, that they yeah with
0: like the fucking
1: roof, fake roof out.
0: ceiling, yeah. like falling down and fucking f- picture frames going up and down on strings. Yeah, on chandelier dropping and yeah. shit.
1: Yeah, we gotta try to find that version uh i mean but i already saw this as a kid fuck i still love it i can't wait to show my kid this
0: <laughs> this movie
1: daddy why are you show me this you need to learn
0: <laughs> you're a girl you can look at girl parts it's fine yeah it is <laughs> anyway that's about it yep
1: you want to tell tell people what we got coming up
0: next week i remember this time all right we're doing the Terminator films, specifically Dark Fate mm-hmm. and Terminator 2.
1: Terminator 2. Oh, man.
0: Also, we might have another guest on.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. We might have a special guest, a uh, friend of the show, uh, might show up and, you know, join us on this debauchery that is these Terminator films. Um, I I've shown Kelsey the first Terminator movie. We haven't jumped on the second one yet, but I'm I'm gonna make her watch the other Terminator movies because she needs to suffer like we did.
0: You every time you say that, I'm like, oh, that one was my favorite, and you're like, yeah, Zah! yeah, you're gonna be like, oh, Terminator: Rise
1: of the Machines, the best one. I'm be like, <laughs> and then pff, head blows up. <laughs>
0: the <end. laughs>
1: um, So yeah, right. that's about
0: it. Um. Thank you and good night. No. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Lee Llewellyn for his sick beats.
1: Mm-hmm. For the intro and outro.
0: Mm-hmm. Also known as sick beats. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, go ahead and contact us on uh, Facebook or Twitter. On
1: the, on the Twitterverse.
0: You know, email.
1: Get them tweets
0: yeah am i forgetting anything
1: nope that's about it i, I did not hit record <laughs> <laughs>
0: you would be playing both of our parts trying to remember what i said because i would just go to bed because yeah, it's right. already like after 10 so
1: hi it's kelsey how you doing mark i'm doing great this is you know what at the beginning of the show i talked to myself at the end of the show i talked to myself I need to stop this
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> 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 all
1: right so that it
0: yep that's it um mark is gonna tell you that he loves you no like he always does
1: no 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 you're not going to no i'm not going to go ahead say your bye
0: okay bye
1: bye we love you